Hello and welcome to another episode of Psychosis. Today we'll be discussing stress and the harmful effects of stress and what it feels like to be stressed out. Uh, this, uh, this is a show for people experiencing psychosis as well as their support network. Um, and today our discussion around stress is intended as, uh, once again, as a supportive and encouragement for those of you who are experiencing or who are in remission from psychosis. This is not, um, as I mentioned in past episodes, this is not to be taken as medical science or as medical rec- advice, uh, but rather as conversation from a supportive friend. And I hope that you'll take it that way and, and not misunderstand my intention uh, as my intention is not once again, it is not to provide medical uh, information or diagnostic or treatment information, uh, but rather to provide a compassionate and supportive voice for those of you who may be experiencing psychosis or who have recently experienced psychosis, as well as your support networks. If you're joining us for the first time, I hope that you, I sincerely hope that you enjoy listening to this episode. I hope that you will come back and listen to other episodes as well. And if you do enjoy listening, I would encourage you to subscribe and even consider sending an email uh, to the address provided uh, in the event that you have questions or other issues that you'd like to hear discussed on this show. One thing that I find interesting about stress is that it can either creep up on you very slowly, um, almost in a way that's not noticeable, or it can emerge as this, as a acute, sudden, and very noticeable stressful event. Um, so, I think I'll try and distinguish between these two types of stress. Uh, Although, I'll, although I, I don't know to what extent the distinction actually matters for the sake of experiencing psychosis, but I'll call um, this little kind of gradual ongoing stress, chronic stress, and sudden event-driven stress, uh, acute stress, and, uh, and I'll try and distinguish between these two in my discussions. Although, as I mentioned, I don't know to what extent making that distinction actually matters for the purpose of psychosis. Uh, For example, uh, if you experienced an episode of psychosis, were you uh, in a state of ongoing chronic stress, and then you experienced a sudden... uh, a sudden... very awful and terrifying stressor uh, that caused you an acute state of stress and did that trigger your psychosis if, if so I'd be interested to hear about that um, and hear about what brought that what might have brought that stressor on that was an acute state of stress uh, on the other hand what I'd also be very interested to hear about is whether you were 
uh, experiencing ongoing chronic stress that really creeped up on you, that would be something that would be really interesting for me to hear about as well, um, and sort of how your psychosis emerged from that, um, whether it be maybe maybe you were a student in school and the burden of the uh, expectations with the schoolwork and so on, maybe um, your costs of living and and trying to earn a living while being a student simultaneously started to add up to a number of demands on your time and on your life. And maybe that led you um, to be ex- to, to experience chronic stress in a way that either crept up on you or it was something that you even um, felt as an ongoing thing and maybe it so so if you did experience this sort of chronic stress that led to psychosis what I'm really interested to hear about is whether it um, whether you were aware of the stress and demands on your life on your mind um, or whether it did sneak up on you as something that you had no sense uh, of what was going on stress-wise. Um, and if you were aware of the, the chronic stress that was emerging in your life, um, what did it feel like? What did it look like? Was there... Um, was, was, were there mental health warning signs um was your sleep getting disrupted uh so you were maybe ruminating a lot more in at night or maybe ruminating during the day as well um i know from personal experience when i start to ruminate um then my sleep starts to get disrupted and that can occur uh in an acute stress state or a chronic stress state and so I'm curious to know what your experience of stress was, um, if, it was a, if it was a chronically ongoing stress state, what were the symptoms, uh, and, and if you were aware um, that the stress was emerging, what were the symptoms? Um, did you start to notice things physically, physiologically? Uh, Did you start to notice um, a feeling of anxiety? Did you start to notice chest pain? Did you start to notice your hair falling out? Um, Changes to your skin? So I'm interested in the physical response of your body. And I do think, I I do believe that... um, there may be in some people those physical responses. Um, did you notice weight gain? Uh, did you notice that that eating more was one of the ways that you were naturally trying to cope with the stress? Uh, in some ways, it kind of makes sense, right? If your body is biologically conditioned to want to prepare itself for a fight or a flight response, then one of the things that it might do is stockpile on energy. So your mind might be 
in a state of constantly wanting to eat and this might lead to overeating. Is that one of the stress responses that you experienced? I'm very curious to hear from you if you're a listener and you have these types of experiences. I'd be very interested to hear from you. Um, I know for me, what I experienced was, as I mentioned, chronic, but then also an acute stressor. So when you go through an acute stress, like something happens, a huge event in your life happens, and um, you're left trying to respond to it, trying to cope with it, um, did support in your life make a difference at that time or did you find that you had a number of symptoms that I'm familiar with like a sudden la- a sudden loss of the ability to sleep increased rumination that means just thinking and dwelling and dwelling on um, your thoughts and going over and over and over them repeatedly in a way that almost seems obsessive uh, and in a way that feels impossible to stop. Uh, is that something that you experienced as rumination? Um, did you experience any symptoms that appeared similar to depression, like maybe crying or being really upset or being down or spending more time in bed? Um, a loss of Maybe you experienced a loss of uh, enjoyment of the activities that you ordinarily with enjoy. Maybe that was a stressful, ex- maybe that was how you experienced stress, was in a way that started to look a little bit like depression. Um, I don't know if, I don't know if I'm unique in this, but I know that when I, um, experience psychosis I do have some symptoms of depression as well so maybe that's something for you uh, a warning sign that you also want to watch for I'd be curious to hear from you if you found that that's the case I'd be very interested to hear if you were uh, like me in that if you share that Um, similar experience to me uh, of depression emerging in in a moment when your body and your mind is telling you that enough is enough that you're in acute state of stress Um, this is these these are some of the symptoms that I wanted to talk about because I have some first-hand experience with these symptoms and if there are other symptoms that I haven't talked about of stress I'd be very interested to hear from you if you do have first-hand experience with them or some knowledge of other symptoms of stress because that could uh, that could help inform future discussions of what stress might look like for people um And then the other piece of it is, what do you do? What have you found helpful in removing the stress? So, for some people, 
it might include stopping activities that were causing you stress. So maybe um, you were experiencing something at school that wasn't agreeing with you, your mental health. Maybe some of your experiences in class were detrimental to your mental well-being and so you had to withdraw from school or at least take a break from it for a time. Sort of a moratorium, uh, just a pause or a break, um, whether it be from school or work or some social function. Another symptom that I didn't talk about of stress might include social withdrawal. And we've talked in past episodes of why people in the lead-up phase to psychosis and in psychosis might tend to withdraw from social interactions. But maybe some of your social with some of your social interactions were causing you stress. Maybe there was some people that you were spending time with that it was not good for your mental well-being to be with those people. So maybe um, one of the things that you were doing to reduce your stress was being more selective about who you were spending time with. But that's going to be a dangerous area. We have to be careful in that area because we also know how important social support is Uh, For people like you and for people like me, for all people, we are social creatures and we need to spend time with others, yes. Uh, For those of us who have experienced psychosis, we know how important it is um, to have that support, to come out of the social, to come out of the state of psychosis and during the recovery phase. It's, we know how important it is to have social and emotional support from close, love, close loved ones, caregivers, and um, friends and family. So we can't withdraw completely. We have to be careful not to withdraw completely from social interactions. But it may be helpful in to be a little bit more selective about who we lend our trust to, who we open ourselves up to, and who we spend our time with when we're when we realize how vulnerable the mind is and how vulnerable we may be to psychosis, when we realize just how precious and fragile life is. And we want to be compassionate towards ourselves and compassionate to our mind and expose ourselves to people who have a positive impact on our life, who help us to reduce stress. I think one of the fascinating things about friendship is the anxiety reduction that comes along with having. Think about a a friend that you're very, very close with. Think about a friend who you love deeply, who you know very well, and who you trust uh, in every at, at every level, uh, who you would trust with all details of your life if you have such a friend. Now think about how thinking about that friend 
really reduces this the level of fear and anxiety and discomfort. Think about how thinking about that friend reduces your stress. And so how much more will spending time with that individual or individuals like that, family, loved ones, how much will that reduce the stress in your life? It's a really important way that we cope by relating to others who are close to us. So we have to be very careful not to withdraw completely from our relationships, but to be selective about who we spend time with and who we dedicate our precious time to. So we can start to focus a little bit about what you can do to reduce stress and I know in the past I've mentioned mindfulness meditation and I don't claim to be an expert on this in the least but I do um, claim to be an enthusiastic observer of mindfulness meditation and uh, I have noted the I've noticed the beneficial effects in my own life and so that is one of the reasons why I encourage people around me to consider it for themselves uh, and to consider whether it would be a good fit for you to reduce stress using mindfulness meditation. There are a number of guided meditations on YouTube uh, and apps as well that can be accessed um, to, to pursue guided meditation as one of the ways to reduce stress. Another really obvious one is exercise, um, diet and exercise. I should talk about them together since um, your overall physical well-being can contribute to your emotional and your mental well-being. Um, so diet uh, is not is also not something that I'm an expert in, um, but eating nutritious foods and and non-processed foods and uh, healthy fruits and vegetables. Uh, and also exercise, getting out there and, and participating actively in your um, exercise routines, whether it be uh, something that you enjoy like cycling and swimming or something that you know has a good impact on your physical well-being like jogging. Uh, I hope that you would feel encouraged to get out there and do something fun. And if you do have a fun activity that you find to be enjoyable and you'd like to share that, I'd love to hear from you as well. Um, if you want to share uh, your ideas for getting healthy uh, through physical activity, I'd very much like to hear from you, uh, especially if there are ideas that are ones that I have not mentioned or things that something that people don't usually think of as a um, when they think of physical ideas for physical exercise I'm always open to new uh, activities as well and and I think that's a, a good state of mind to have when it comes to physical exercise the other um, stress reduction uh, 
tool that you might have found helpful already is um, cutting back on your activities, whether they be school or work. Um, and I mentioned that briefly as well. Um, so if this is something that you've done, I'd love to hear from you and I'd love to hear how that's benefited you in the past. The other thing that we talked about briefly is um, social interactions. So what can friends do for us? What can family do for us um, when it comes to reducing stress? And just on, on a, a point there, um, please be careful with your alcohol consumption and make sure that you're hanging around with friends who understand your need to limit substance use. If you are somebody who's experienced psychosis, you well know, and I'm, sh I'm certain that your medical professionals have explained to you the detrimental effects that substance use can have on you. So if you are getting together with friends, please, I encourage you to make sure to pick your friends wisely and to make sure that your friends are aware of the limitations um, that actually of how carefully and compassionately you want to treat your mind so you don't want to be introducing substances and you don't want to be disrupting your sleep pattern um, so these are these are some things that are good for your physical mental health in general but also important things to keep in mind when it comes to avoiding a relapse into psychosis Well, that wraps up uh, another episode of Psychosis, and I hope that you've heard a couple of beneficial things in here, and I also hope that you've enjoyed listening. If you have enjoyed listening, I would encourage you to subscribe and continue listening. Um, and in some ways, more importantly, I want to encourage you to become involved in a community of support around people with psychosis. And so that's why I want to um, encourage you to reach out and answers, uh, respond to any of the questions that I've posed to you today, uh, please find the email um, address that's included in the comments section for this episode, and please do feel free to reach out and answer any of the questions that you have. I know that your experiences with stress are doubtless full of, of rich insights that can be shared. And I would be happy to hear from you so that I can share some of those insights with the group. Thanks so much for listening. I hope that you would be well, and I wish you all the best. Have a great day.